Hey love, welcome to the show. I am so, so excited for this episode today. My guest on this episode is Erin Slutsky and she is a nurse, an accredited Enneagram practitioner, and a MOPS international mentor and coach. She has 20 years of experience um, and she also founded Mom Sense Coaching. So she provides coaching specifically for moms and all related to the Enneagram. So in this episode, you're going to hear so much around how to use your Enneagram type to navigate maybe some of the feelings that have been coming up for you, um, specifically related to fear and to a lot of the different feelings that have come up around COVID-19 and the pandemic. So that's what today's episode is all about. And before we dive in, I just want to remind you Um, to head down to the show notes and check out the Thrive Tribe. This is our first month and the Thrive Tribe is our monthly membership where we have a values and goal setting workshop together every month, the beginning of each month. Our first one is going to be next week. You receive a monthly group coaching call and then daily journal prompts along with accountability. Um, So people checking in, specifically me, checking in and seeing how how your goals are going, and just really helping you get really focused on what really matters right now. What are the habits, the routines, um, the intentional mindset shifts that you're trying to create for yourself, and then having someone check in with you, hold you accountable so that it really happens. Um, And all of our work this month specifically, we have a, a theme for each month, and this month we are focusing on embracing your true identity. So it's so much of the mindset work, the identity work, really identifying, you know, what beliefs have you adopted about yourself that aren't serving you, that are not true, and that probably are getting in the way of you reaching those goals that you have, creating those healthy self-care routines, um, creating those boundaries, really showing up the way that you really want to and the way, honestly, that you're called to show up. So if that's of any interest to you, um, head down to the show notes, check out the Thrive Tribe. I would love, love, love to have you in there. And then just a reminder, next week will be our values and goal setting workshop for this month. So head down to the show notes, definitely check that out. I would love to see you in there and we're going to dive on in. Welcome to the Living by Design podcast. I'm Devani. I've been in the mental health field for about five years and I have my Master of Social Work. Every episode, you'll hear empowering messages and practical tools to help you start creating a lifestyle full of faith-fueled and spirit-led soul and self-care. We'll talk about mindset, routines, boundaries, self-compassion, and so much more. My mission is to help you start feeling more confident, more balanced, and more joyful so that you can thrive in your life and your business and create even more impact. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Okay, hello. I am so excited to be here today with Erin. Erin, will you share with us a little bit about you? Sure. I am so excited to be here. Um, especially talking about our identity and who we truly are, because 
that is just part of my own journey. I have, um, I've been married for 28 years now and we have four daughters and one granddaughter. And so it has been quite a journey of rediscovering who I am. And so this is the perfect place to talk about that. Um, I have a nursing degree. I've been involved with mentoring and leading uh, moms specifically uh, for over 20 years. And so to be able to bring this to your listeners is just an honor and a privilege to just help women um, find out who they truly are and live in that. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so excited. You have so much expertise and so much wisdom to share. So today we're going to be diving in. In general, Erin's um, expertise that we're going to be utilizing the most today is on the Enneagram, but we are going to dive into a couple of other topics, but really with the foundation of the Enneagram. So I would love to know, Erin, like what got you into the Enneagram or what got you to want to dive deeper into the Enneagram? What was your journey like? Well, I was just, I discovered the Enneagram about mm, five or six years ago. And the first time I heard it, it just sounded really overwhelming and I didn't understand everything. And so I just kind of went on with my life, but then it kept coming up. And the more I looked at it, the more accurate I felt that it was in describing who I was and why I did the things I did and how I saw the world. And I also realized not everyone sees the world like I do. And so it just helped me um, create empathy for others and accept and love others better because I was accepting and loving myself better as well as my children and helped me better be a better mom and a better wife to my husband. And so since I found that effect being life-changing, I wanted to share it with others. So I went ahead and um, became accredited to be an Enneagram practitioner. So now I use that with all my coaching clients. I love that so much. And it's, you're totally right. It's like, there are so many different tools that people can use on their self-discovery or self-awareness journey. And so it's really able to find one that resonates so much with you that you're like, oh yes, this makes sense. I think this is, you know, cause I think a lot of different people ascribe to different, you know, methods or models. And so it's really amazing to find one that resonates so well with you. So, so tell me a little bit more about, um, your Enneagram type or things that you've learned about yourself in that process. Sure. I, um, when I first discovered the Enneagram, you know, you take one of those online quizzes and it came up with a number one, the perfectionist. I said, of course, that's me. I like everything to be perfect, everything organized. I like my ducks in a row. And the more I was reading about it, I'm like, ah, but this doesn't really fit. And that doesn't really fit. So then I took a different test and I came up with a two. I'm a helper, right? Well, of course I am. I'm a mom of four girls. I'm always helping and I'm always helping other people. And that's kind of the role of a mom is to be that nurturer and helper. And I asked my friends, oh, do you think I'm a two? And they're like, uh, nope, that you're not a two. I'm like, really? I help you guys all the time. They're like, yeah, but that's not, there's something deeper there. So I took it a third time and I came up with a number three. And the number three is labeled the performer or 
achiever. And I'm like, well, I don't know know if I like the way that sounds, but the more I looked into it, the more I researched it and read about it and listened to podcasts about it, the more I realized that I do desire to be respected and have a high status. I desire to be successful. And that's where I find my value and how I feel loved um, by being admired. And it sounds a little maybe conceited, but I can look back to my childhood and remember times when I just loved the attention and it felt good and I felt loved and I desired that from my parents and I craved that. Um, And then also not just looking at those characteristics of what we desire, but also the things that we're afraid of can help um, explain a little more clearly of our Enneagram type. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I, um, I remember when we first chatted and you were like, well, what's your type? And I was like, well, I think it's this, but I also took another quiz and it told me this and then, right. And so like, you were the first person to tell me that, you know, you could, um, really, really, I think just what you're able to support people with in asking the right questions to really help you figure out what type you actually are and that taking different quizzes, you know, obviously can be helpful. Um, but just the power of having someone on the phone with you or, you know, however that works, but just having someone ask you those questions and really help you figure out what type you actually are. Absolutely. I mean, the online quizzes are a great place place to start, but if you can get with someone like an Enneagram coach who can ask you very specific questions, and um, it's almost like an algorithm where if you say yes to this one, it's going to lead you to a different question. And um, I like to think of the Enneagram um, typing system as more of a journey, as more of if you think of a a rosebud, how it comes out really tight. And then as it grows and, and, and gets more water and sunlight, it loosens up and opens up to a beautiful flower. That should be your experience with the Enneagram. You should be revealing very slowly sometimes the beauty of how you were created. I love that so much. Share with me a little bit about, um, so we've talked a lot about fear and identity. So what are some of the initial thoughts or initial things that you would like to share on how we can use the Enneagram as a tool to move through some of these things? Right. Um, it's, it, the Enneagram isn't just like, oh, you're a type three. Well, now what, right? What, what do you do with that? The Enneagram is a, such a huge tool, useful tool to help you navigate and overcome things in your life. It helps you um, understand why you do what you do, what motivates you, how you see the world, what triggers you, and what gets in the way of the things you really want. So once you discover your number, you have a whole world open up to you to become healthier and become um, just the best you you can be. One of the things that gets in the way of what we want is fear. And right now, 
fear levels are skyrocketing with a pandemic and all the protests and racism coming to um, the surface with an upcoming election. There's so much out there that is creating fear that is blocking people from um, being who they were meant to be and blocking people from um, getting what they really want. I love that. So, so how do you feel like, like what would be some of the first steps or what would that look like if, if the Enneagram, like using the Enneagram as such a powerful tool to move through some of this fear, what would that look like? Or what are your thoughts? Well, do you want to go through the different types? Yeah, let's do it. We can just go right through the different types and talk about um, what each type desires or, you know, what their goal in life is, what motivates them, and what gets in the way. So I'm going to start with um, the five, sixes, and sevens. You know why? Because the Enneagram is broken up into triads. And that triad has the feeling of fear at the surface. So it might be the easiest place to start. So the fives, they desire to be capable and competent in everything they do. And if they aren't, they become cynical. And my husband is a five and he, is, he knows everything and he researches everything and he's so smart. Um, but sometimes if he's in a situation where he may not know it all, he might um, get a little cynical and a little um, withdrawn even. And so the thing that's in the way of him feeling capable is the fear of being um, annihilated of being thought of being incapable or ignorant. He also doesn't like to have his energy depleted. And so, so some of those things are what get in the way of him becoming the best you know, person that he can be. So what he needs to do, especially right now, is limit his intake of information. Get off the internet get out of the, the news broadcasts about everything that's going on and take a break from that. Even going to yoga and taking a yoga class or watching yoga on YouTube, I guess, is what we're doing now, right? And another thing that can help him get to where he wants to be is to be physically affectionate. So that's one example of how um, someone who is an Enneagram 5 can feel more capable and competent. And I think something that's standing out to me right now is just how when you're able, like when you use the Enneagram, when you're able to learn what your core desire is, right? And what your core fear is, then we can use that, like you said, to know what do I need? Like what are some things that I either need to add into my life or do less of based on this core desire that I have or the core fear that I have. Um, and I'm curious, and I'm really not sure if my listeners know what type they are. I'm really curious. Um, 
So yeah, but, but I think this is so helpful and it's, it's just like with anything on our self-awareness journey, when we learn what really are those drivers inside of us, like what we're so afraid of more than anything else or what we want more than anything else that allows us to make really intentional choices and to make really intentional actions. Absolutely. Um, so many times we find ourselves on autopilot and we're just doing the next thing without even thinking about it. If we are more mindful and like you said, intentional, we can um, achieve our goals. We can live a better life. We can have better relationships. We can have more confidence and really ultimately freedom. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I will let you proceed. Okay. Yeah. So the next type I want to talk about is the type six. And they um, sometimes are labeled the loyalists. And you will notice that type, especially right now, the one who is totally prepared for this COVID thing, right? They are the ones that stockpiled the toilet paper. Maybe not, but they were prepared. They have enough canned goods to last them, right? Because they desire security and safety. So that's not a bad thing, but if it's done in fear, it can get out of control. You can become really worried and anxious and feeling out of control, um, which we all can, but for the sixes especially, this is their number one feeling. So again, cutting back on the news and even meditating for the sixes will help them um, become a lot more settled down, feeling secure, and using that fear in a good way by being prepared. The next number in the fear triad is the sevens. Now, my best friend is a seven, and she is a blast. She is always doing something fun and adventurous and going from here to there to here to there. Okay. In situations like what we're dealing with now with quarantine, yeah, they kind of ignored that a little bit. <laughs> I, um, my friend has traveled on an airplane during this time. And sometimes that's hard to keep those sevens down because they fear of being deprived or being trapped or limited or even bored. They also don't want to miss out on having fun. So that FOMO is really prominent in the sevens. But that can be kind of dangerous sometimes, especially with this virus going around and who knows what else is going on out there, right? So the sevens, I would definitely um, encourage them to just don't think of the pandemic or the quarantine as limiting yourself Totally. There's ways to be creative about how to have that freedom and feeling of adventure within your own home, really. Um, so recognizing that you may be mm, overcompensating or trying to break the rules too much is a, is a sign for the seven that they are in a fear state. Fear looks different for everyone. But the five, sixes, and sevens, that's their number one uh, feeling that comes out. 
so interesting. I'm curious to hear what the other, to hear you share what the other feelings are. So there's these three different feelings, right? Different feeling centers. So for the five, six, and seven, it's fear. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go into what the other feelings are that come up. Um, but then we also have core desire, your core fear. Um, and then we have these core feelings, right? Right. So in the core feelings, you have fear, which is a five, six, and seven anger, eight, nine, and one and shame two, three, and four. So let's go to the anger triad, the eights, nines, and ones. You know, if you are around an eight, because they let you know (laughs) that they're there. They are constantly protecting themselves because they wanna feel powerful and in control. And so sometimes when they watch the news or listen to what's going on, um, they will feel out of control because it's really hard to control this virus as we've learned. And so they will try to control it even more by controlling the people in their home. They'll even want to control the people outside their home, maybe at the store. And they might even go up to someone at Target and say, why aren't you wearing a mask? (laughs) So the eights don't have to leave you guessing at who they are. And they do this because they fear being weak or powerless or controlled themselves. They're also protecting themselves because they have a hard time with vulnerability. When I talk about AIDS, I love to think about the the image of a marshmallow soft heart wrapped in barbed wire. So the AIDS, I have some really special AIDS in my life and I love them because I don't have to guess at what they're doing or thinking. But when they are in a fearful place, they can get really controlling. So interesting. It's so interesting how unique all of these are and like how, right. And then how their desire like perfectly relates to what their fear is. So interesting. Because we all have fear. It just shows up differently. Like for the nine, it's almost the extreme opposite. They fear being in conflict and tension. So they will try to keep everything at peace, right? Because they want that inner stability. They desire unity and just that calm atmosphere, which is great. But sometimes they um, avoid conflict so much that they are withdrawn and they can even be in the depressive state. So, or indecisive even, they can't decide Should I send my kids to school in the fall or shouldn't I? Should I go to the grocery store or shouldn't I? They can't make decisions. So what I would encourage them to do is just be honest with your feelings. And they're in the anger triad. Even though the nines tend to be um, quiet and peaceful, it's more of a passive aggressive type of anger. It kind of comes at you sideways. Um, Another thing I would encourage the nines with is to set some boundaries because this is what's going to give you that support and that um, almost discipline because sometimes nines just don't have any boundaries and they let people take advantage of them, especially if they're fearful. That's so good. So good. All right. So the ones are the 
the last number in the fear triad. And the ones, they're labeled the perfectionists or the, um, what's another word that I've been hearing lately? The improvers. So the ones, they like, they desire having integrity and being good, accurate, everything in order, right? Because they are afraid of being wrong, of being bad or evil, of being judged. And so sometimes what do they do? They end up judging others. They judge those who aren't wearing a mask in the store or aren't wearing a mask in the store, people who are doing something different than them. Um, and their anger looks a little more like resentment or perfectionism even. Um, but in order to get over that fear, I would encourage the ones to not beat yourself up because the ones have that inner critic, that voice in their head that's telling them everything they did wrong. And so one thing I love to do with my one clients is to give that critic a name and tell them to be quiet. <laughs> because I love that causing so much chaos in their brain and they stir up that fear of being judged and evil and being wrong. Yeah. I would love to know too, um, just if I can interject a question, I feel like it's so easy to see a little bit of yourself in all of the types. You're like, Oh, I resonate with that. I resonate with that. I resonate with that. Are there is there anything that you would recommend or maybe a couple of things that you found really helpful to really like hone in on what type you actually might be? Absolutely. So we all have all nine numbers in us. It's just how they present themselves and what the core type is. For example, I'm a three. That's my core type. On either side of my type, are my wings. And some um, tests will give you a three ring two or a three wing four. The way I learned it, which I'm really, really liking because it's working really well, um, you need both wings to fly. So in some situations, I want you to look at both wings. So look at your two, look at your four and see your situation or your problem or your decision that you have to make through the lens of your wings. Then if you've ever seen the Enneagram diagram, each number is connected by lines, by two lines. And you can move to those numbers as well in stress or to relieve the stress. So we move around in the Enneagram diagram and we have all nine numbers in us, but how they're presented and what situations they come up are different. Okay. That's really, really helpful. Yeah. Cause it's, I think, you know, especially for beginners, we think like, oh, well I have one type and that's going to be that. And so I appreciate you saying that. And then I appreciated the, um, the flower metaphor that you used as well to know that like it can be a journey and you're discovering what that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. The next, um, tripod, tripod, <laughs> the next triad, um, is the shame triad. And those are the threes, fours, and fives. And I've been talking all about threes because that's me. And um, my core fear is being exposed or being um, worthless or not appearing successful. And so the thing that gets in the way is um, I try to avoid failure. So I don't have to feel that 
right? And so some things that threes really need to do is just take a break. We tend to be workaholics sometimes too, and just take a break. Another great exercise for threes especially is journaling because we tend to always be looking to the future and planning ahead. We forget about the things that we've done and the, the successes we've had. And since we're success driven, we forget and we just keep going for the next one and the next one and the next one without celebrating what we've achieved. The fours, they are very unique and special and authentic. They have deep, deep feelings, right? But their fear is being emotionally cut off, right? See how those are connected? What we desire, almost that same thing. If we don't get it, that's our fear or our pain point, right? Fours fear being flawed or insignificant. They fear things being mundane and boring, like every day in quarantine. <laughs> so one thing that they can do is get creative because fours can be so creative and whether it be art or just creative ideas and ways to spend their time, um, especially if they're at home with children, that can be um, just a really um, creative time for them. So I would encourage the fours, again, with the journaling, create a, a gratitude journal, something that you are just so thankful for because those will bring out the ordinary everyday tasks and make them uh, super special. And then the fives. Again, in the shame triad. No, wait, I'm sorry. Two, three, four. Did I miss the twos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't do twos. We didn't do twos. Huh. I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. Okay, so the twos. I hope that's not one of their fears, right? What is their fear? Being rejected or unwanted or useless or abandoned? Yikes. I did not forget the twos. I did not <laughs> um, want to make the twos feel rejected or left out because that would be a huge pain point for them because they desire to be appreciated and loved and wanted and humble. One of my best friends is a two and she is so self-sacrificing and is constantly helping and available for people. I don't know what I would do without her, but some things that get in her way are pride and the need to feel needed. And sometimes she wants to receive love by helping and whether people want help or not. And so sometimes that gets in the way of what she wants. Um, what I would encourage twos to do is to tell others what you need. And when you're wanting to help someone, ask them if that's something they want help with. And if someone has forgotten about you and you're feeling rejected or left out, tell them because they may not know. Just like what happened right now. I skipped over the twos for some reason. It was a total accident. Twos tend to though look to themselves. Why did that happen? Didn't they like me? What's wrong with me? And so 
maybe that's why it happened so I could illustrate that a little more clearly to the twos, but I love you twos. <laughs> it is just so wild how, how unique everyone is. And it's so interesting because I think sometimes it's so easy for us to forget how unique everyone is, but it's like, it seems like such a powerful thing to have the people close to you figure out what type they are because it's like, then you can love them better. Right. And get to know them better and what they need. And right. And even with ourselves. Right. And communication will be improved. Relationships will be improved and stronger. And we'll just be living a more honest, authentic life. Yeah. And it, it reminds me a little bit of, um, the five love languages by, I think Gary Chapman. Right. Um, and just, just how building that understanding of ourselves drastically impacts our relationships because we are all right. Like we all need different things. We all yearn for different things. And if we don't know, or if the people around us don't know, it's a lot more likely that it's not going to get met. Right. And we tend to naturally love other people the way we feel loved. And that's not necessarily how other people feel loved. But if you know how they feel loved, they will receive that love for you, from you. For example, can I share an example? It's so silly. My husband is an acts of service kind of guy, right? From the five love languages. And so he is he goes over the moon if I take the garbage to the end of the driveway. How simple is that? But I don't want to do it because that's not my love language. <laughs> but if I know, you know what, I need to show him some love and I'll do those mundane tasks for him so he doesn't have to do it so he can feel loved. And I end up feeling loved in return too. Yeah, it's, it's so wild because it's like we can so easily miss the mark with ourselves or with other people. And I think even with ourselves, like I think sometimes it's so easy to get, you know, caught up in like, why do I feel this way? Or why am I struggling so much with this? Or, right, like we want to understand why. Um, and sometimes there's even this criticism that follows that, of like other people don't struggle with this or other people, right? Or maybe we don't have people around us who get it, air quotes. Um, but it's like learning yourself through the Enneagram can just help you make so much more sense of your experience. Right, and it keeps your expectations in check as well. Expectations from yourself and of others. Yeah, and I feel like even that next step, I love that you said that, that next step would be, you know, learning about your core desire, your core fear through the Enneagram, and then giving your, like being willing to give yourself compassion when you realize that you're in a situation that's like pushing one of your core fears, being able to give yourself compassion, being like, okay, this is going to, you know, impact me a little more heavily, or this is going to, you know, be a little more difficult for me because this is one of my core fears. Yeah. The more we know ourselves, the more we can love ourselves and accept ourselves for who we are and not try to change ourselves so drastically because we're putting expectations on, our, on ourselves that, oh, we shouldn't be like this or we should be like that and as well as other people. But when we can accept ourselves for who we are and live in that, 
we're being more our most authentic self and we're giving other people our true self. Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. And I think that's, it's such a common struggle that we see or such a common experience of feeling like I shouldn't be feeling this way or I shouldn't be doing that. Right. And I, it is so liberating to get to a place where you understand yourself better and then can compassionately and lovingly accept yourself for who you are. Mm-hmm. It like releases you from trying to show up like anyone else. And it's like, it, really, and I would love your thoughts on this. Like if you have, you know, let's say a four trying to show up in the world as I don't know what, you know, an opposing type would be, but it's like, how much inner turmoil is that going to cause? How much stress on a daily basis when you're trying to conform yourself to show up in a different way? Absolutely. We um, are all different. And if we're not living in our true self, we're not um, doing anyone any good. Um, So going back to when I was first trying to figure out my type. I thought I was a one. I thought I was a perfectionist because I wanted things just so. But then I learned the difference between a one and a three. Threes like to look perfect. They like the outsides to appear as if they've got it all together, whether it be my hair and makeup or my house or my children. And so that's a little different than the moral perfectionist of a one. Just a little slight difference. But once I learned that, I did, I felt the sense of release and relief and freedom. Yeah. It's, you know, I, yeah, I just feel like that's such a, a common thing that we see so often is just trying to conform, trying to conform to what we feel like other people want us to be or what we need to be to prove our value or our worth. You know, there's so many different pieces to that, but it's like God created you to show up as you, like he created you with a specific personality type, right? To show up and walk whatever walk it is that he needs you to walk. And so it's almost debilitating you know, and challenging our ability to walk that walk when we're trying to walk, you know, in a different way or in a way that he didn't intend for us to do. Absolutely. Um, and if you are a mom, cause I work with a lot of moms, um, we need to teach our children to be who they are. And we, I don't believe in typing children. I think there's still a lot more growing and experience um, to happen before you can see that, but we can start to see the way they move through the world. Are they the ones that go straight for the the swings at the playground and just want to swing as high as they can? Or are they the one that's totally content reading a book in the corner? Nothing's wrong with either one, but if we can notice that about our children, we can notice that about our coworkers, we can notice that about everyone in our relationships, how do they move in the world? And that actually correlates with, you know, at least three of the numbers in the Enneagram. So um, another thing I want to always remind um, people is don't try to type other people. Um, That's, we don't know their motives. We don't know why they're doing what they're doing but we can see how they move around the world and we can respond to those things. 
Yeah, that's so good. Um, what do you think before we kind of close up, what do you think are a couple of good first steps for people? Um, if they're, you know, maybe trying to figure out what type they are, or maybe have taken a quiz online, but aren't a hundred percent sure, like what would be a couple suggestions for them? Well, um, one thing I usually tell my clients is to take my mom type finder on my website, um, momsensecoaching.com, and that will give you the first piece of the puzzle. So it will put you in um, one of the triads. You can either be a thoughtful mom or the go-with-your-gut mom or the heartfelt mom. Now it's just not, not just for moms, but that's the category of this test. And from there, you would just give me a call and we can talk about the other pieces so we can maybe determine together as we're talking um, what your Enneagram type is. Another great suggestion is listening to podcasts that have um, different interviews with different Enneagram types. And it's fun to listen to other people that have the same Enneagram number as you, you're like, oh, I do the same thing. Or yeah, I think that way too. And it's just so confirming when you hear other people that are similar. Um, there's tons of books out there and um, Facebook groups that talk about um, the Enneagram and how to do it. But, and you can always take one of those online tests as well. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Do you have any last thoughts or any thoughts that you want to, you know, share before we close up? And then you can also share where people can find you. Yeah, I would just um, encourage your listeners just to pay attention to what's triggering those fears and know that there is a way to get out of that. And you don't have to live in that fear, which can bring you to pretty um, scary places like anxiety or depression. Um, mental health is just on the, you know, forefront of everyone's minds right now, especially in this pandemic and this uh, climate. <laughs> um, I just want you to reach out to someone and talk about what's going on. Um, we're, we're not going through this life alone. We're not meant to. And um, I'm always available for, for a chat. So, um, and you can find me at momsensecoaching.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I have a couple of videos out there that talk about how to type and the different triads. Um, I also want to, do you mind if I do? <laughs> Go for it. First time I'm announcing this, I have a group coaching experience starting in the fall. So this summer with not being able to do much, I've been working hard. I've been creating and I have had so much response of moms wanting to get together and talk about some things around the Enneagram. And so the um, group coaching experience is going to be going through searching, finding, knowing and loving yourself. So you heard it first here. <laughs> love it. I'm so excited. Yeah, so just, you know, I would love for your listeners to be a part of this so they can become the people that they're meant to be. Absolutely. I love that so much. Thank you so much for your time um, and for being here today. And I will say just to close out before we finish up um, that all of the links will be below. 
and that this is not a replacement for mental health treatment since we did talk about, you know, anxiety and depression a little bit. If you are in need of mental health support, please find a licensed mental health provider. Um, if you're, you know, feeling like you really need immediate support, you can call 911 or in crisis line at 888-724-7240. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for being here and we will talk to you soon. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you headed down and left a rating and a review or take a screenshot and post it on Instagram and make sure to tag me. Thank you so much for being here, for spending your time with me, and I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.